0: One of the best things being a teacher is getting that email or a letter um, from somebody you taught years ago. Um, I have students that I I taught in middle school at the start of my career who are now in college and pursuing things that we learned in class, which is phenomenal. I have students who are going into computer science, uh, engineers. Um, I actually had a a young girl reach out to me, and she's going for uh, mechanical engineering Mm. with a minor in bio. And I thought that that was really, really awesome because she, she loved my class and went on to take more in high school. And so, yeah, I I think that there's lots of people that I fortunately or hopefully have helped impact. And I think that's worth at least what you said, $50,000.
1: Welcome to Activist NNT, a podcast about real-world economics, including modern money theory, and how life changes when you discover it. I'm your host, Jeff Epstein. Today is the first in what I hope to be at least a modest series of student debt horror stories. This first is with New Jersey high school technology teacher Dalton. Dalton was the first in his family to attend a four-year college. He minimized his costs by attending an in-state school, living off campus, and working multiple jobs while taking classes. Dalton graduated in 2015 with a bachelor's degree and $47,000 in debt. In the seven years since, he's paid back $36,000, but his loan principal has only been reduced by half that amount, $18,000. His interest rate is currently above 5%. Interviewing a teacher regarding the topic of student debt has been particularly illuminating. A teacher is educated, and they spread that education to their students, who then go out into the world and help businesses produce more and more efficiently. You would think this has resulted in many times more in profit and wealth than $47,000 for someone. Why then would you burden their teacher with a debt when he's clearly produced many times more than that? in value for the economy, in other words, society, or us. Even if we pretend it truly is necessary for students to pay for their own education, it still makes no sense to put a crushing burden on someone who clearly generates many times more than that overall. More than 90% of all student loans are owned by the United States Department of Education. The U.S. Department of Education is fully funded by the one institution that can only pay for things by creating more money. Our public money, not taxpayer money, our public money, can indeed pay for all of it. A reality that makes the burden of student debt particularly Egregious. Whatever benefit the lenders get from doing this, it's got nothing to do with a measly $47,000. It's also got nothing to do with money. And now, on to my conversation with Dalton. Enjoy. Good morning, Dalton. Good morning, how are you? I'm okay. How's your dog?
0: It's good. Um, Yeah, just needed to go out. He's Wiley. He's happy now. He has a toy. (laughs) He's hanging out. How old is he? Uh, he's two years old. Okay. Okay. What's his name? Booker. Mister Booker. Booker. Yeah.
1: After the uh, after the uh, New Jersey uh, congressman.
0: (laughs) After Cory Booker, I get that a lot. Or um, Booker T. Washington, Um, either the inventor or the wrestler. Uh, He's named after a video game character. Ah. Okay. Which one? Um, there's a game called Bioshock. It's pretty cool. Okay. I've heard it. I've heard of it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, all right. Well, I have to say you have completely set me off. I am, I am, uh, <laughs> I am, I have not been this excited about a particular song uh, playing on the guitar for a long, long time. Um, so uh, S- Sunshine by, I forget it. I forget his name, but Sunshine, Sunshine go away today. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards. Um, it it is really exciting the strumming is the hardest part but uh uh yeah no i I, it's like i can sing it uh i can play it it's it's the chords are simple and uh it's it's pretty exciting so i don't i don't know i don't know what triggered you to to share that but uh i'm really glad you did
0: yeah um it's a pretty cool song it's just i guess the triplets and the palm muting are hard um the song itself was was written it was like Really cool story behind it, but it came up in my shuffle when we were talking about uh, James Taylor, and then I listened to some John Prine after, and then this came on thanks to algorithm, uh, and I kind of forgot about it. It was a, a Vietnam era song. The guy had, had wrote it as kind of like a protest song, but it's adopted many meanings over the years because this you know lyrics continue to be relevant to different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was particularly relevant. Now I was like, oh, it's made, made me think of the things that we were going to talk about today. Oh, that's cool. Uh-huh.
1: Sunshine go away today. I don't feel much like dancing. Some man's gone. He's trying to run my life. He don't know what he's asking. So uh, thank, thanks so much for doing this. Um, why don't we start off by uh, just, uh, you know, please, can you introduce yourself? Thanks so much for coming on. And uh...
0: Sure. Um, my name is Dalton. I am a uh, technology educator. I specialize in STEM education. Uh, so the realm of that is everything from woodworking to electronics, computer science, a lot of uh, programming, design, uh, 3D modeling, 3D printing, laser cutting. It's kind of a, a catch-all. Um, I graduated uh, from college in 2015. I went for four years and did my student teaching, did the whole shebang, and ended up and I've been teaching now for, this is my seventh year. Seventh year.
1: Wow. Okay. I I didn't know that. Um, And STEM stands for science, technology, and what?
0: Uh, Engineering and math. Engineering and math. Uh, A lot lot of times you'll see the acronym uh, changed up, so it might include... Art, so it's steam, um, reading, or religion. Actually, in some places, it becomes stream. But uh, my experience is mostly with the STEM or the steam.
1: Okay. So, uh, okay, so actually, before we get into student debt, uh, I this is not this this interview is not about MMT, but mm-hmm. you know, obviously, I, I wanted to briefly introduce you to it. So I had you, you know, you read a, a, an article, an introductory article, and you listened to an episode, and I just wanted to get just a you know just a brief impression. Uh, of your your thoughts about that and and if you could see if and how it relates to you know what we're going to talk about which is student debt
0: so it it definitely makes sense um just I, i guess from my own personal perspective money i guess isn't necessarily backed by the gold standard anymore and it's just kind of something that's been printed and we saw that at the start of the pandemic you know the memes and, and the actual reality of just printing money to support uh, the economy through um, the worst pandemic you know, in the last hundred years, it, it makes you wonder about the different obligations or if, if as, as it stated in the article, that we need to you know, receive money and save money in order to take care of something that we want or need, um, but it's very different for an established government where it's just simply uh, printed or, or made to meet the need, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it was definitely thought-provoking. Um, and I think that there's definitely a part of every American who who will read something like that and think, well, that that can't be. You know, how how does that make sense? There, there has to be – there's a global debt. There's a this. There's a that. And, well, how does it relate to a different currency? And then I think you're just complicating things because when you get down to it, it really is just printed, just manifested. Hmm. So. Interesting way
1: to say it. Um, can you bring up your – can you, you, you told me about, you know, your, your, with your parents that, that, you know, we can, you know, Medicare for all is very important and, you know, we should have it obviously, but then you, you brought up an interesting point. Um, Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Um, Yeah. So I I guess referring to my in-laws, the the issue is that, you know, a lot of our industry is, is based on and is reliant on these systems. And so if you work to legislate them out or, take care of them, you're, you're breaking down entire industries in certain areas that have been built up around it. And so the example that came to mind was New Jersey with pharmaceuticals. You know, if we did go to a Medicare for all model, there would be a less of a need for insurance companies or, or back end people to support that. And so that, that would lead to, you know, a lot of jobs, um, ca- causing issues and, you know, you can get the politics of like what, what's happened in New Jersey and who would be responsible for taking care of that. But that's kind of, you know, my, my take on it.
1: Okay, the way that you said it to me was that that I guess your in-laws are in favor of Medicare for all, like they're they're they yep. uh, understand that it's an important thing, but then they also say, but that would put me out of work.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
1: Because because they do the administrative stuff for the needless or the, you know, the th- the things that would be eliminated for private insurance companies or pharmaceutical companies in this case, right? Precisely. Okay. And then this relates to student debt. And I asked you, I don't remember exactly, but I said something like, you know, if we didn't have student debt, then, or if, no, what what would be the, you know, if you pay your loans, you pay your student debt, what is the benefit provided by the money that you pay? And you gave me an interesting answer, which relates to what your in-law said. Do you remember? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're creating a job. You need somebody to manage a spreadsheet. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. You need somebody to, um, you know, service those loans. Um, and, and now it seems like people are actually going to be investing in large groups of this. So it has to be an investment opportunity. It has to be a position for somebody to manage. Um, it, you know, there's there's probably whole slews of offices that you know for Sally Mae or whatever that those people depend on that employment. <laughs>
1: And so it's not the money itself; it's the act of collecting it. That's it's the it. people who administer and enforce and regulate and whatever keep track of the act of collecting it itself. Yeah, it's really interesting. Okay, all right. So why don't we start from the beginning? Can you tell, uh, basically, I guess, you know, as you were approaching approaching the decision of whether or not to go to college, and you know, just given a brief overview of that, and then how. Uh, you know, deciding of how you were going to pay for it.
0: Sure. I was um, the first in my family to go to a four-year college. Um, mm. When I was in eighth grade, my mom went back to uh, community college to become a hygienist, which was really awesome. Um, so I didn't really have a lot of experience or, or guidance at all in, in that realm. Uh, I knew after high school, I wanted to go to college. At least that was a big push from, you know, every single guidance counselor or where everybody around me was doing the same thing. Like, oh, you should do this or you're not smart. Um, this was kind of before the whole, I guess, resurgence of the trade school thing. And the way it was always explained to me for my dad, he's a uh, carpenter contractor uh, by trade, does extremely well for himself. He didn't want me to go through like the abuse of like your body, that, that kind of work puts you through. And I think that that's something a lot of people forget about when they're, you know, trades are great, but in, in the end, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be pretty beat up. And you're gonna be pretty sore. So it's, it was a decision that I, I thought made the most sense in the world. Um, I initially actually got into college as an art major, which is funny. And after meeting with some of my professors, they said, Hey, you really liked the engineering track. You, you were really into robotics. You really into video production, that sort of thing. What, what if you entertained that idea? And so I had an interview with the Dean and the rest is history. I actually had, after being accepted as an art major, transferred into the, the major of technology education, as they call it. It was formerly industrial tech. So a lot of people um, listening to this might know industrial tech. So I selected a state school that thought it was pretty reasonable. Um, I looked at other colleges, and I'm really happy I didn't, one of which was was a school in Philadelphia that would have run me about $40,000 a year, which is, huh. you know, excessive Um, If I chose to go for digital art, you know, working on movies or animation, that that sort of thing. The state school itself was uh, around 20K a year, uh, room and board, and I worked throughout college. I actually, you know, juggled multiple jobs, landscaping, uh, working shop rate, delivery of pizza, uh, you know, sometimes working two different jobs in the same day. uh, So I could actually move off campus uh, in my second year. To help offset some of that money, and it did um, help me in the long run, uh, but I still graduated with a considerable amount of debt.
1: Do you, can you say
0: the specific number? Sure. Um, so it was forty six thousand dollars when all is said and done, uh, which really, in in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> that, that's a lot, but it isn't as bad compared to some others. Um, so I've been paying it off, you know, pretty regularly for the last seven years. And it's now uh, at around 24 25. So uh, the interest paid on it is is astonishing when you look at it. Um, it's pretty crazy.
1: So okay, so a, f- a few questions. Mm-hmm. How much would it have been did you not juggle all
0: those jobs? Um, and I had stayed on campus. you're looking at probably another 30 30k at least. Wow. okay. so what was your original interest rate, if you recall? Uh, original interest rate, um, so I went in 2011. It was 4.3. And by the time I was graduating, I was taking on loans at a 6.8% interest rate.
1: So your original loans were still 4. Point whatever. But but as you were getting new loans, the new loan – so in other words, your, your interest rates were, were fixed, but you were getting new loans and those new loans had higher rates.
0: Steadily increasing, yeah.
1: Okay. And now I assume you consolidated them and then what is your rate now?
0: Yeah, so I'm at a 5.4 now.
1: 5.4 and you have paid how much? You you have you you started off with around 50. You've paid how much how much did you have you actually paid? Not not what's the not what the current balance is, but how mm-hmm. much have you actually paid towards it?
0: Actually paid towards it. Um I think the grand total comes down to around 20 <sighs> I don't have it up in front of me, but it's, yeah, it's over $30,000.
1: You've paid $30,000. At least. So you started with a $50,000 balance and now what is the balance down to?
0: Um twenty six. So. Oh, so that actually, that actually, <laughs> not too is, bad.
1: that actually, you haven't been, a lot of that has gone to the principal.
0: Um, yes, there's still a lot in interest. It's really considerable. I'm actually tempted to pull this up right now so I can, I can show sure. this. The reason I'm saying
1: is because mm-hmm. I hear a lot of stories of you know I've paid like I started off with a hundred thousand I've paid a, I've paid ninety thousand and I still have ninety thousand left in principal yes
0: exactly or, or whatever
1: you know and mm-hmm. so that does not seem to be as much for you
0: yeah I definitely um, you know made some sacrifices made sure I was paying more than than was necessary um, but in the long run yeah it's it's really hindered me so.
1: Um all
0: right you said you didn't
1: have guidance you were the first in your family to go to a four-year college yep did 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 that result in any bad things like if you had started and you did have guidance would the situation be very different right now
0: um Is- my parents were incredibly, you know, supportive of me going and and you know helping to figure out and learn things as we went. Um, I guess that I would have had more foresight about what the actual loans entailed, like how long I would actually be paying it. Because when you're an 18 year old kid, you just want to go to college and get a career and, and you know do the right thing. And so you're just oh, this is normal. This is what everybody does. And so having that kind of guidance would have helped. Um, I got very lucky with the teachers in my life that you know steered me away from the more expensive colleges because. Um, my parents, they, they weren't, they didn't know. So they said, Oh, absolutely. Go take on, you know, 40 K a year, this sort of thing. And they (laughs) thought it was normal. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I I think I got very lucky. I I used the phrase, I stumbled around and I found where I was supposed to be. And Mm. that's kind of how it worked out.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So having this, this loan, If you didn't have the loan, basically, like, what Mm -hmm. would your how would your life be different? What would you what were your decisions or your situation? How would it have changed?
0: I've had kind of a a sneak peek in um, (laughs) with the last two years of forbearance. Um, I was able to purchase a home, which is fantastic.
1: Uh Um,
0: So there is some concern now with that restarting how I will be able to meet my uh, you know mortgage payments and that sort of thing. When I graduated. And I saved up to rent an apartment with a friend until I was engaged and was to be married. And then I moved back home again. Um, If I still had my student loans, I don't think that I would have likely bought a house nearly as soon. If not, you know, I've been in my home for two years now, uh, right at the start of the pandemic with the, you know, pause. It seemed like the good thing to do. But yeah, it's definitely afforded me the opportunity to do that. You know, work on paying off my vehicle, um, all those things, I'd have to reevaluate a lot of things in my life and restructure different things. Especially with working towards a PSLF, you know, student loan forgiveness, mm. it's pretty high payments. So um, definitely, definitely causes some strain and stress there. And I, I can't imagine how other people my age, It's it, I'm one of the very few people in my friend group that was able to purchase a house. And if I was single and not married, there, there's no way that that would have happened.
1: And I mean, I don't, you know, uh, maybe this is not appropriate to get into, mm-hmm. but 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 you if you bought a house that you could afford because you didn't have your student loans, but the student loans are coming back, so is that house, there obviously had to be some calculation of my student loans are going to come back, so we have to buy a home that anticipates that.
0: Yeah, so there's definitely been a lot of savings there. And it becomes a calculation down to, well, I really enjoy doing these running activities for, for kids at school and doing this sort of thing, but it might come down to this doesn't pay enough. I'll have to, you know, pick up a side job that will pay a considerable amount more for the time that I can put in. Um, and that might be, you know, something to consider, but yes, that was definitely part of the equation when we were purchasing the house and, and we're fortunate. If I no you know, calculation of our own, the house is appreciated considerably. Mm. So, uh, you know, worst comes to worst. I, I don't foresee that being the scenario. I think we, we would be all right.
1: Wow. Um okay. I assumed that when you got your loan, that there was just absolutely no question of you know, this is just how it has to be. I have to take out a loan. Yeah. You know, school has to have a cost, therefore I have to have a loan and I have to have debt. I I wonder if was there any was there any questioning about that or was that just, you know, this is how it has to be? It's unfortunate, but
0: necessary. That was, that was kind of, yeah, the attitude. I was amazed, you know, as as a 17 year old who's never had a credit card and took a personal finance class as a sophomore, they said, here you go, take on, you know, 40, 60, 200 K debt. You got this. <laughs> it was insane. So yeah, no, there was no question. It was just kind of something that was, was mentioned in passing. and i I was a pretty good student in high school. I feel like I paid attention, but that wasn't really a, a major discussion at the time um you know I guess twenty eleven that yeah, that wasn't really something that was discussed much,
1: but I mean you and and I guess your family, mm-hmm. your thoughts of I'm going to go to college, therefore it is unfortunate but necessary that I have to take on this large yes. debt absolutely there was no questioning about that,
0: nope,
1: no. Okay. Um, now, looking back, I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, you you have a very, a very, very small taste of MMT mm-hmm. of, but like, but now knowing that maybe it's possible to not have a cost to education and not, and therefore it's if there, there was no cost, and there would be no debt. How does that change your thinking? If it does change your thinking about the whole situation of you got this loan of questioning, you know, the need for that loan and, and whatever, I I don't know, just how does that change your perspective if it does?
0: Um, no, it's, it's absolutely. And actually going back to your earlier question, I'm looking at it now. Um, I've paid back double what, what I actually paid off. So it's, 1836. Yeah. So 36K, 18K on principal. That's pretty upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go back to your earlier question.
1: So you paid 36, but your yes. principal is only down by 18, and you yes. still have a five, whatever, five something percent interest rate.
0: Yes. So very disappointing. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it, it's extremely frustrating because you're doing something that the benefits aren't just for me going to college. I'm overly benefiting society and whatever our current economy is. So yeah, you would, when you realize just how how possible it is to make it funded in that way where you're not, you know, crippling people, it's it's incredibly infuriating. Um, especially with recent movements you're seeing where people are quitting their jobs and, and moving around. More people want that freedom, but they're tied down because of this. It's almost like a control thing where you're stuck in one spot or one field and you don't, you aren't able to take risks. You can't, start a business, you, you can't move to a different country or area to try something new. You can't uh, stand kind
1: of, up to exploitation. You're,
0: you're stuck. Yes. And so it, it's, on, it, yeah, you Rosa. that they just don't want to, or that it's not convenient for the larger, yeah, the larger apparatus.
1: You know, I, I, have been thinking recently and you kind of just, you, you just reminded me of it, which is you're being a teacher. Education, education for you, and now you're educating others. You are increasing the productivity of the nation. You are, you, when you are educated, your productivity increases. And now you are teaching hundreds of students. Maybe that's a little bit of exact, but over your Mm -hmm. career, certainly hundreds of students. You're, you're teaching hundreds of students. You are educating them you are enhancing their minds you are making people hundreds of people more productive for the economy i would think that that would be worth $50,000 of you know of productivity so that 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 kind of brings home the fact that you getting an education and then spreading that education to hundreds of other people is worth Way more than fifty thousand dollars. So, for them to burden you with having to do this, what we now know is an artificial burden, is like doubly, doubly unjust.
0: Absolutely, and I think one of the best things being a teacher is getting that email or a letter um, from somebody you taught years ago. Um, I have students that I, I taught in middle school at the start of my career, who are now in college and pursuing things that we've learned in class, which is phenomenal. I have students who are going into computer science, uh, engineers. Um, I actually had a, a young girl reach out to me, and she's going for uh, mechanical engineering mm. with a minor in bio. And I thought that that was really, really awesome because she she loved my class and went on to take more in high school. And so, yeah, I, I think that there's lots of people that I fortunately or hopefully have helped impact. And I think that's worth at least what you said, fifty thousand dollars. They've created I Um, mean, I mean, very simply, they have created
1: fifty thousand dollars in profit for someone.
0: Absolutely.
1: I mean, I mean, there has to be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of all your students of the value that they've created in this unjust system. If it were a just system, it probably would be way more than that. But they've clearly created that much value for someone somewhere. And so for their for them to to do that to, you know, the person that, I don't know, it's it's just, it's it, it, it just becomes more obvious to me anyway. Um, okay. Uh, it, is there anything that you feel needs to be said regarding, you know, any of this stuff before we stop?
0: I, I think the worst thing and one of the hardest things is as a teacher, you want to inspire these kids and tell them that the sky's the limit and they can do just about anything and that they need to pursue their dreams. And I feel this innate sense, especially, I guess, as I've you know, ha- have been doing this for a while, where you have to have like the realism talk with them. And, and it's it's so frustrating because I hate to, to show them like, hey, I want you to go to a Villanova. I want you to go to an MIT. Let's look at how much it'll cost. Like nobody had this conversation with me. Like, let's take a look at that. And part of me, it, it kills me because I don't want to discourage these kids or scare them or tell them that they shouldn't do that. Um, because everybody deserves a right to a really superb education. And if you work hard, you, at least that's how I was raised. If you work hard, you deserve and and you earn, you know, a great education and and the opportunities that afford it. But I I find myself and even the curriculum that I've been supplied with that I'm I'm supposed to have these discussions. And it kills me when, when you see somebody who's very bright eyed and excited to do that. And because of an arbitrary system, it, it, it becomes out of reach for, you know, a a working class family so
1: so the fact that they are so basically it's it's basically what you're saying it's a caste system it's a permanent caste system because if someone has promise but if but their family has money then they can go to college and not be and they cannot be burdened in this terrible way but if someone has a lot of promise but their family doesn't have money then they really do have to consider is it worth going to college because it does because my ability is only half of the equation here. My family's worth is the other half.
0: Yes, and and sure, there's scholarships, but if you're going to a college that's forty thousand dollars a year, and then give you four thousand dollars for the first year, that's not it's not substantial enough. And so, it absolutely is. Right.
1: Um, okay. I think this was great. Uh, thank you for yeah. talking about this. And awesome. uh, I mean yeah i mean so this is going to be my, my first of i hope to be uh, you know at least a modest series of <laughs> student debt horror stories so i think this was a great first step um yeah and all right thanks so much dalton it was really nice talking with you
0: it's great talking to you all right i will see you soon see you soon bye
1: the show is by RecTech. You can find RecTech on SoundCloud and Spotify at W-R-E-C-K underscore T-E-C-H. To record Activist MMT, I use the iOS phone app Tape-A-Call Plus for recording phone calls and Zencaster for internet-based recordings. My post-production workflow starts by editing on the iOS app AnyTune Pro Plus Plus then transferring those timestamps to my windows desktop at that point i crudely process the audio in audacity and then implement the edits and do all of the final processing in the reaper digital audio workstation activist mmt is hosted by libsyn and the video teasers are created with the online headliner app Today is the first in what I hope to be at least a modest series of student debt horror stories. This first is with New Jersey high school technology teacher Dalton. Dalton was the first in his family to attend a four-year college. He minimized his costs by attending an in-state school, living off campus, and working multiple jobs while taking classes. Dalton graduated in 2015 with a bachelor's degree and $47,000 in debt. In the seven years since, he's paid back $36,000, but his loan principal has only been reduced by half that amount, $18,000. His interest rate is currently above 5%. Interviewing a teacher regarding the topic of student debt has been particularly illuminating. A teacher is educated and they spread that education to their students who then go out into the world and help businesses produce more and more efficiently. You would think this has resulted in many times more in profit and wealth than $47,000 for someone. Why then would you burden their teacher with a debt when he's clearly produced many times more than that? in value for the economy, in other words, society or us. Even if we pretend it truly is necessary for students to pay for their own education, it still makes no sense to put a crushing burden on someone who clearly generates many times more than that overall. More than 90% of all student loans are owned by the United States Department of Education. The U.S. Department of Education is fully funded by the one institution that can only pay for things by creating more money. Our public money, not taxpayer money, our public money, can indeed pay for all of it, a reality that makes the burden of student debt particularly egregious. Whatever benefit the lenders get from doing this, it's got nothing to do with a measly $47,000. It's also got nothing to do with money. And now, on to my conversation with Dalton. Enjoy.